0: Are you ready?
1: A shot of wrestling. Episode 303. And wait, wait, go. Oh, break your dance shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah, I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my daughter to seek let me make
2: shot is that the message you got we to go live take shot
1: hello everybody and welcome another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Mugger Putty, and welcome to episode 303. This is the point of the show where I introduce my guest host. However, right before 10 o'clock tonight, I got the notification that they've canceled on me. So, I'm here debating whether or not to do the show. Should I postpone it until next week? Because back in the day, before the pandemic, in the before times, there were several times I did a lot of shows by myself. I enjoyed it. I had fun doing it. We did a show above a bar. We had a connection with the bartender downstairs. Me and Mike would have a conversation. It became part of the show, part of the family here. Then the pandemic hit. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. Episode 200 and 201, I had to do by myself, because that's before we knew about Zoom and Skype, and my former co-host wasn't sure how to get, was able to connect, how we would sound, blah, blah, blah. So this is the first show I've done by myself since episode 201. Almost two years ago, so this is nuts. I'm a little rusty, but I'm also thinking if Cody Rhodes can give us that amazing performance at Hell in a Cell, um, I could probably do a show again by myself. Dust off the rust, and let's do this. This is at the beginning of the show where we should have some banter, some small talk. Let you, the listeners, try to get to know me and my guest hosts on a more personal level. I got a lot of stories to tell, but you're not here for that, especially this episode, especially episode 303. You don't want to hear how a 39-year-old man got in trouble at work. In trouble at work. Some guy came in to do some f- some sort of fire safety chat. I don't know why or whatever. But he asked me, what steps would you take in the event of a fire? I'm like, big ones? I got in trouble for that because apparently that, that wasn't an appropriate response. <sighs> the world we live in today But anyway, I can keep going on and on. I got a lot of stories to tell you guys. But I'll say that to the end because you're here to listen to an interview I've been looking forward to for a long time now. Probably one of the greatest indie wrestlers. I'm sorry, let me correct that. Probably one of the greatest wrestlers on the scene right now. My former co-host was lucky enough, had the privilege to chat with the one, the only, Anthony Gangone. Usually we throw the interviews toward the middle of the show, but we cannot wait. Let's put it to the front. This is a must-listen-to interview. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy
0: getting to know more about Anthony Gangone. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin Mark Schwann, for another episode of Shot of Wrestling, or as I like to call this segment, Hollywood's Corner, since I am not co-hosting with Putty anymore. But enough about me. Let's get right into my guest. He is probably one of the most talented wrestlers I've seen live. Guys, give it up for Anthony Gangone.
2: What is up, brother? I'm I'm doing extremely well. Thank you for that intro. I really appreciate it, and uh, let's do this. <laughs> All right, man.
0: Hey, dude, let's, let me tell you, I mean every word of that. I do think you're one of the most talented people I've seen live. Uh, you you bring a lot to your character work, but I've also learned something about you. Uh,
2: you're a bit of a horror guy. I mean, is that right? Yes, I'm a big horror fan. I actually also took classes in uh, college, so yeah, horror is a pretty big deal. I'm wearing a Candyman shirt right now. So, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so Candyman is that your favorite? No, um, I mean if we're talking slashers, it's Michael Myers is my favorite. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah,
0: you know, Michael Myers. I mean, he's the king of the slasher flicks, man. I've always been more of a Freddy Krueger guy myself. I just started actually before my baby was born, just. Cause I was like, you know, what, I'm probably not gonna be able to watch horror for a bit, you know, since she's in the film. So let me get a horror kick into it right now. Rewatch a lot of Freddy Krueger movies, Dynamite Man. What I, I, sorry, ended off with Freddy versus Jason. What did you think of that one, man? That was the last horror movie I watched.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I think you do have to be a fan of both characters. But it's, it's one of those films. I remember how they kind of presented it when it was coming out it was like they had like boxing posters and they had a weigh-in and all that yeah. to go with it uh it's not one of my favorite freddy movies but uh, no. it's a lot of fun for me my favorite's actually the second one uh, i thought freddy was the scariest in that one yes. and uh mark uh the main actor did such an amazing job so uh yeah two two is my favorite I actually, the one I enjoyed,
0: I, I don't know if it was like a popular one, but the one where it was kind of like a meta thing where, where Freddy kind of comes to
2: life. Yeah, New Nightmare. Yeah, that yes. Was, that, that was like, uh, I guess, in the horror community. That's like the blueprint for what Scream ultimately was like two years after that. Oh, totally,
0: totally. And I, I'm a big Scream guy. I have to ask you, man, you know, with the way horror is like, you're obviously a horror connoisseur. Do movies
2: scare you anymore? Like, you, do the horror movies still get to you? Is it still the same? It, it's it takes a bit to to really scare me. I think like uh, I'll give some examples. Like uh, when I first saw The Conjuring, uh, maybe like let's say eight years ago, um, the atmosphere that James Wan created in that film was uh, was scary to me because it was like such a great atmosphere, and and uh, he had such a way of doing suspense because you know something's in the room or 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 playing with that um but yeah it does take me a little bit i I don't get grossed out a lot or anything like that um i think recently i saw x by uh a24 and it's by ty west and uh it was it's a very basic slasher like throwback slasher film Uh, but something in that did scare me but maybe not for the right reasons and we'll just leave it at that
0: (laughs) fair enough fair enough man I don't want to give anything away in case someone wants to watch it and they uh you know you don't want to ruin those those scare moments you know especially since like they're so rare I feel like nowadays you know transitioning to wrestling here you know a lot of wrestlers you know they draw inspiration from different things whether it be movies or music uh was it for you I mean like did you draw, did you take anything from the, the horror world into, you know, your wrestling gimmick or your, your, just anything that you do with your wrestling, whether it's, uh, you know, your entrance, your attire, whatever?
2: Yeah, so I used to, like, take a lot from wrestling. But later on, when I started kind of creating myself uh, in wrestling, uh, I did take a lot from movies, a lot of things from, like, John Carpenter films. I think it's obvious the um, influence that V uh, for Vendetta, the film, also yes. the book uh ha- has had on my career but yeah i i try to i i take a lot from other media uh even even when it comes to moves at times you know kind of watching like certain fight scenes and in, in action movies or whatever kind of films and kind of trying to incorporate that because I try my best to be as different as possible to the next person uh, because that's what you have to do. Uh, uh, And uh, yeah, so I take from all kinds of media, less from wrestling nowadays, but more films and and TV and, and things of that nature.
0: And what was it about like V from Vendetta? Because yes, you're right. Because V from uh, from Vendetta, those who haven't seen it, they at least know the marketing behind it. They know the mask, you know, they, they know bits about it. And you've definitely put that into your work. What was it about that movie? It's like, I need to use this.
2: Well, um, I related maybe at the time. I can't verify if I still do. But at the time <laughs> I was a teenager and I had a lot of teenage angst in me. And uh, a lot of what that film was saying kind of fit, fit my, my thought process at, at, at the time. And I was getting into like George Carlin and stuff like that as well. So from that, I was driving um, at the time with uh, whom I was dating. And I thought to myself, oh, I should do this gimmick. But I didn't want to just take the mask. I wanted to kind of make it my own way. And, you know, I added a beard and a bunch of other things to it. And it was like the idea initially was, you know, to create wrestling in my own image, which later went to like a, a cult kind of uh, stable. And uh, now it's just like, you know, feeding the, the rebel in me. And, and that's, uh, you know, a lot of people can relate to a lot of, uh, you know, not trusting certain things uh, that we should trust. And uh, yeah, so I think that's why it kind of caught on for a little bit there.
0: It's, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, you've been wrestling for quite a bit. You've been using this gimmick for a while now. And now using it today, I mean, it, it probably fits more than ever today. It, it transcends so well.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do believe that. I don't think at this time it's the uh, – there was a time where it was very popular within uh, the community – or or the audience that I was performing in front of. Um, uh, I think now it's like, oh, kind of seen that, but it's kind of still my brand as far as the mask, even though I kind of, I'm still tweaking certain parts of my character. Like nowadays, uh, Dr. Sleep is a big thing, which I did take from a horror movie. uh, It's a horror book as well by Stephen King. And, uh, yeah, and, and I'm still tweaking that. But ultimately, you know, at the end of the match, I'm looking for the knockout, whether it's Dreams Bottle Waterfall or uh, my new submission, uh, Sleep Paralysis, which is a arm triangle. So, yeah.
0: Both fantastic moves. I, I've seen them done. And I love the names for both of them, man. I, I think that's the thing, too. Like, you know, with wrestling, it, it is an art form. You, you know, like, I, I hate when I see wrestlers – and I'm not gonna name any names, but like they have a move, they have a, their signature move, but they they don't put any art into it. They don't make it their own. It, they just they'll call it a clothesline their clothesline, you know. Like you know, you you take a move, and you have a unique move set. By the way, I I don't really see anyone to use some of the moves that you do, but yet you, the way you brand it, I'm a branding guy. The way you brand it, the way you market, it, you you really make it Anthony Uh and I gotta give kudos to you for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of like. You know, you've, you've done a, a lot of projects that involve, you know, performance and, and things of that nature. And, you know, people don't really care about how much it went. You put yourself into that, whether it's the thinking process, the money, all that. They really only care about the results. And I think sometimes that people, you know, they don't really uh, it hurts their feelings. But uh, as you know, it's a very tough uh, industry and and. Same thing relating to acting and all that entertainment in general. And
0: um, <laughs> it's cutthroat.
2: Yeah. And uh, but, you know, that's not, you know, sometimes it takes time for certain people maybe to understand certain things uh, like you were talking about sets and stuff. Or it could be just, you know, experience really is a valuable thing in in wrestling, especially. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it's it took me forever just to find a finishing move. You know, it took me, like, five years, six years to find a finishing. Wow. So, um, yeah, so, but, you know, everyone's process is different, so.
0: No, absolutely. It, but you do stand out in a lot of different ways. I don't know whether it's because you've been doing this for a while or it, it's because it just clicks. It seems like you understand character. You understand who Anthony Gangone is. You understand you, you're, you're like a ring general in there from what I can see as well. You know, what – you talk about, you know, pulling from wrestling. What – wrestler influence has uh has there been on your career? Like who who was the biggest influence for you? Because it seems like you you the psychology, if you will, is, is what sets you apart from a lot of the other people I see, especially in the indie level.
2: Yeah, I'm I mean, um, you know, I think it just came from the obsession I had with wrestling from the time I was four until, you know, whenever I started to do it. And um someone that I really loved even as a child was Shake the Snake Roberts. So I fucking doing, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know his psychology on things, and, and you know listening to shoot interviews and to, and legends talk about him and how he did things. You know, it's it's the same thing in a lot of. I know a lot of shoot interviews are like burying people and stuff, but you can get a lot of knowledge. It's it's kind of like a seminar. So yeah, when it comes to that, as far as being a fan, Jake Roberts still to this day is a huge influence on me. Because I think you could take what he did back then, and it, it fits more of my personality. What he did back then, and kind of put a new kind of twist to it—a uh, new school kind of twist.
0: No, uh, it, it's so funny you said Jacob Snake because I've always got that vibe from you. You know, it, it's not necessarily like the look or like you know the, the move set or the, even the character. It, it's just the vibe because of again, it's just, you understand the psychology so well, and uh, you know if you ask any wrestler they'll
2: tell you that the greatest person for ring psychology was Jake Snake Roberts. Yeah. I, I, I personally agree with that. And I think that um, our generation and, and the, pre, you know, the, the, the ones coming up now, you know, I know that old school wrestling is not really popular, but I think it's a, a very valuable tool to not only know the history, but you can take things from the past and just kind of put, a new school kind of twist to it, which is, you know, I hate giving out my secrets, but that's kind of what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's this idea as far as like you know, with social media and branding, like I, I could give out my secrets all day long for free. It's no matter can you utilize it, can you can you implement it? Yeah, that's up to you as a person or a performer, uh. You know, so no problem there, man. You're Give us some free advice there for for some. They want to listen, cool. Can they implement? It? That's a whole other story. But now we're going to transition here to July 30th, BCW Anniversary 5, man. You know, it's, it's been released, or at least it's going to be released by the time this interview comes out. Anything getting going, I don't know if you know yet, but your opponent there is going to be my boy, who I represent, my client and good friend, Rick Recon. Mm-hmm. And before we get into it with you, I have to say from my, from my standpoint, I am very excited for this match. Because, you know, I, I tell you, up, it's not me blowing smoke up your ass. If you weren't in this room, I'd be still saying the same things about you. Uh, and in Rick Recon, I think, obviously, since you know, I represent him, he's an amazing athlete. You know, he's damn good what you I, I think it's going to be a match that steals the show. How do you feel about this match going in?
2: Well, I mean, the fact that you represent him kind of makes this interview a bit awkward now. But um, <laughs> Rick Recon is, um, this is the first time that I've heard about this. So Rick Recon, I've, I've seen for years. I've known uh, of him. We're not friends or anything like that. I've seen him uh, up and down the road, probably multiple times a month, all over the place. And I, I I've seen his growth uh, throughout, from the first time I've seen him to the last match I just saw him, and, and you, he's really kind of fine tuned his game as of late. And it's as, as a wrestler, it's a uh, it's a treat to see someone where you see their growth into becoming the wrestler they are today, which is very good for me because at this point, I think we're getting the best. Rick Recon, and that's the version that I want. That's the version that I want to face in there because that's the version that I want to be. I, I couldn't agree with you
0: more. Uh, again, coming from someone that's representing him, like Rick Recon has gotten so much better over time. I think the pandemic actually it, it allowed him to hone his craft even more and grow as a person and as a wrestler, uh, which excites me because I always thought he was a dangerous son of a bitch, but now it's on a whole other level. And to see you guys match up again, very excited for it. But, you know, at the last BCW anniversary show uh, back in 2020 during the pandemic, actually, you know, it it was the qualifying matchups here for the Grand Dragon championship tournament here, a new championship that's going to be introduced to BCW. Rick Recon did win his qualifying match you unfortunately did lose to Ruthless Lala not to bring any bad times here does that affect your mindset going to this matchup here do you feel like this is like a must-win match for you well
2: first you know there's no shame in losing to Lala uh, oh, hell but, no. uh, we'll, we'll definitely run it back one day but uh yeah I mean I've only had two matches in BCW uh thus far I believe and they were both losses. And that does bother me because I always like to be on the winning side for various reasons. And uh, yeah, this, this does seem like that I have to win this match. I have to prove myself to the, the higher-ups at BCW, to Mr. Anthony Cole and so many other people, the fans, that I can get it done. And I think Rick Recon, who's kind of like, you know, I hate to use this term, but maybe an ace in the BCW. Uh, I think that would be a good first one. Hey, listen, man. I, I think it's going to be a match that steals the show. I think
0: the fans can be very excited for it. I'm excited again for it. I think Rick Recon, Anthony Gangone, that's a main event match right there. And we'll see what happens, dude. I mean, I do wish you the best of luck. I hate to say you're going to need it, brother. I hate to go there. You're going to need it because I know Rick Recon, he is hungry. He's determined, he feels like he's been slighted quite a bit for BCW. But again, two guys who have something to prove, it's going to be a fight.
2: Oh, it definitely will be a fight. And I know Rick Recon can bring it to me, and he knows that I'm going to bring it to him. And uh, unfortunately for you that day, you're going to side with the wrong man.
0: <laughs> well, we shall see about that. Anthony Gangone, I had a blast with you. You're probably my favorite opponent I've had on this show because it's been so- civil. It's actually been civil. We've been good. (laughs) But we'll see July 30th. Where can they find you on social media in the meantime?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony Gangone and Instagram at Anthony Gangone underscore. Facebook, Anthony Gangone as well. Just search me up on there. And uh, I'll see you very soon uh, at Rick's
0: Absolutely, my man. In the meantime, stay healthy, stay good. Can't wait for that match, man. In the meantime, for everyone else, back to Michael J. Putty. Thank you to Mr. Anthony Gangone for a great
1: interview with with my former co-host. Definitely a great listen. If you know anything about Anthony Gangone, if you follow my social media, you know he's a big horror movie fan. He loves the horror genre. And I was just very interested to hear how he took elements from the horror movies and the horror genre and incorporated it to his current character. And of course, getting ready for BCW's 5th anniversary, July 30th. He will face rick recon and hearing him talking about that match got me excited i'm already pumped up we are almost a little more than a month and a half away from bcw's fifth anniversary and i'm looking forward to this especially this match rick recon going against our guest this week anthony gangone a match you do not want to miss so once again thank you hope to have you back soon but let's get into what's trending this week was anything trending? I think it was a slow news week. I think we could just pass everything on. I think we just go right to TV, right? Oh, wait, no. Vincent Kennedy McMahon was in the news this week, and boy was he ever. Wall Street Journal broke the news about apparently some sort of affair he had. Macho Beard at Macho Beard for Life was able to break through the Wall Street Journal paywall and give us some quotes from that article saying Vincent McMahon agreed to pay $3 million to a departing employee with whom he had an alleged affair with, according to documents and people familiar with the board's inquiry. The company says the relationship was consensual, and they are cooperating with the inquiry. Other non-disclosure agreements involving claims from former WWE employees of misconduct by Mr. McMahon and John Laurinaitis. The journal couldn't determine how many previous agreements were being scrutinized in this inquiry. But yeah, apparently, Mr. McMahon was having an affair with some paralegal he agreed to pay her $3 million, $1 million up front, $2 million paid over time. Her starting salary was $100,000. He doubled it to 200000 I think I'm in the wrong profession. I need, to, I need to be a paralegal. That's a great starting salary. That is a, I'm making a fraction of what that woman was making. Starting salary before she jumped into bed with Mr. McMahon. And apparently all this is according to an anonymous email sent to the journal by one of her friends. Now if her friends knew, isn't she breaking the NDA? So apparently Mr. McMahon cheated on his wife but also apparently breaking this week. Him and his wife are separated, and they have been for some time. They're officially still married, but I guess technically they're separated. Brings up his interview with Pat McAfee. Everyone's talking about that. One of the questions he replied to when I was I was married at the time, or the woman I was married to at the time. This is insane. This story is not only reverberating through the uh, wrestling community, is being picked up by mainstream media and Missy News... Which I'm assuming means ABC, CBS, Fox, TMZ, Bleacher Report. All these reporting companies are picking up this story. This is mainstream. It was also announced this week due to the inquiry. Bloomberg, at business. Bloomberg, huge company. How is at business not taken already, by the way? So props are there for picking it up. At business, saying WB says CEO Vince McMahon will step back from his duties while the board investigates allegations of misconduct by him and another executive. Later on, they posted just in Vince's daughter, Stephanie has been appointed by a special board committee to serve as interim CEO and chairwoman. Congratulations to her. She just stepped away for a leave of absence to be with her family after the whole H saga and his recovery came back to work. She left for a leave of absence. We all know the story now, but now she's back. As CEO and chairwoman of the board, so was her leaving a part of this inquiry? Did she know about it? Was she uncomfortable with it? Because this news broke this week. Here we are in June. But apparently, the inquiry has been going on since April. Now, here's my question This man is a man, he's in the 70s now, no longer with his wife, allegedly. He engaged in a consensual relationship with a woman of his employee. Not good PR. Not good optics. This is very uncomfortable, very taboo. Should not have happened in the first place. He would not want this getting out. He's a very rich, powerful celebrity. His name holds weight. Especially now he's not separated. He's still technically married. so Of course he wants to sign an NDA. I'm assuming many celebrities, many rich people, this is common practice. They don't want their, uh, how do you say this, extramarital activities going out public because that would ruin them. Again, Bad PR. But he paid her off with his own money. He didn't spend the company's money. He didn't embezzle anything. He wasn't blackmailed. She wasn't blackmailing him. He paid her just to, you know, keep quiet. This could ruin the company. Again, bad PR. So there's no criminality here. He didn't break the law. She didn't break the law. So what are they investigating here? But then you hear the Wall Street Journal finds out there are a lot of other NDAs signed. So this might be a pattern of quote-unquote misconduct. I don't know what to make of this. Really don't. It's a very head scratcher. I'm I'm personally very happy. Stephanie's back in the fold. Great choice. Perfect. Who else? I mean, who else is there? WWE's a family. Really grown. Run business. He took it from his father, as we all know. He made the juggernaut that it is with the help of his wife Linda, and his children. It's a family-run business. Very happy. Nick Khan's not taking over. Very happy. A stranger's not taking over. Still the McMahon family. And who better than Stephanie? Other than Triple H. Shane's not around anymore. Shane has other interests in other fields. But Stephanie, WWE was Stephanie's identity. She was a chief brand officer. She won awards. Her face and name were synonymous with the brand. So good for her. I'm very curious. What will a WWE run by Stephanie McMahon look like? And I hate to say this. Should this be a full-time move? If this is up there in age, he's in his 70s. Although he probably outlived me and you because he's in such phenomenal shape, take great care of himself, does Stephanie and Nick Khan get along? Will they agree on releases and the future of the business? So I'm very excited and of hesitant to see what the next chapter of the WWE is for the next couple months. Once his inquiry is done, I'm assuming he'll take his place back. He's still in charge of creative, so he's not gone completely. But also find it very interesting how the news broke that Mr. McMahon will be appearing on SmackDown tonight. We Again, we'll record the show on Fridays. Great ratings ploy. Perfect timing. What is he going to say? What will Mr. McMahon reply to these allegations? Him stepping down. Will he comfort the universe about wearing good hands? Will he tell us nothing went wrong? What will he have to say? Everybody on the edge of the seat. And this is what he had to say.
0: It is a privilege, as always, to stand before you here tonight, the WWE Universe. Especially a privilege to stand here in this ring in Minnesota. I'm here simply to remind you of the four words we just saw the what we call the WWE signature. Those four words are then, now, forever. And the most important word is together. Welcome to
1: SmackDown! What? <laughs> what was that? He didn't mention anything. He didn't bring up anything. He just came out, repeated the signature, and welcomed This to SmackDown. Uh, I, what was that about? I did notice subconsciously how all the, the outlets were saying Mr. McMahon is going to appear on SmackDown. Mr. McMahon is going to lead off SmackDown. Not Vince McMahon. So I assumed something was up. Was this all one big fucking work? Was he playing everybody here? No, he just came out, mentioned nothing, and how we're all in this together. Okay. Thank you for welcoming me back SmackDown. But then after I heard it, of course he's not going to mention anything. Huge elephant in the room, but don't bring attention to it, especially if he did nothing wrong, as I'm assuming as him and his team are telling him he didn't. But yeah, okay. I'll be following the story very closely to find out what the future holds. How long is this going on? The inquiry started in April. We're already two months in. Are they investigating just this one instance with this affair of the employee? Are they going to look into the other NDNAs? How long is this going to play out? And how will it affect, if at all, the on-screen product of Raw and SmackDown? And I think they still care about NXT? But again, moral of the story, congratulations to Stephanie McMahon. Well-deserved. Moving on, Sasha Banks is in the news. Alfred Kanua at This Is Nasty. Says I quote, if this is it for Sasha Banks in the W.E., she's a legit Hall of Famer, whether she laces up a pair of boots again or not. Something tells me she will, and honestly, I could see it being in Japan before or even if she considers AEW. Good friend of the show, our girl Denise Salcido at underscore Denise Salcido says, The only thing I want to say right now in regards to Sasha Banks is that no matter what she does, she'll remain a star. If her time in W.E. did come to an end, it sucks but there are so many opportunities for her in or out of wrestling, whatever she decides. Lord uh, Pelagos at Lord Pelagus. Hope I'm saying that right. My non-wrestling friends do not know who Roma Reigns is. They know who Sasha Banks is because of Mando. How W has seemingly left that level of mainstream recognition slip out the door is baffling to me. Uh, my nerd to human dictionary converting Mando is the Mandalorian. As we all know, Sasha Banks had a, small but pivotal role in season two. I heard she's coming back for season three, but then I have not heard anything else about season three coming up Mandalorian, so I'll let you know if I hear anything. Raj Geary at the Raj Geary broke the news a couple days ago saying I'm hearing Sasha Banks has been released. I don't know if she requested it or if it was on W's End. The next big show was tonight on SmackDown. Russell Votes at Russell Votes said, and I quote the word backstage from SmackDown tonight is that the report from at the Raj Ghury is indeed accurate, according to multiple sources. Sasha Banks has been released from her WWE contract, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but of course, anytime anybody gets released, especially a big name like Sasha Banks, one of the four horsewomen, AEW comes to mind. Is at this is Nancy correct? Will she go to Japan before going to AEW? I mean, AEW was stupid not to take her. Impact would be stupid not to take her. But again, Impact's kind of a small pawn right now. AEW's warrior, she'll probably end up as the second biggest player in the game. But I think we had the conversation many, many a times with my former co-host. Signing her will be another former WWE employee being signed by Tony Khan. But it's Sasha freaking Banks, the boss. How do you not sign her? Does TK sign her knowing he's best for business or is he hesitant because you'll know the backlash from these trolls will be like, oh, it's another WE person. Well, she fit in AW? That kind of woman roster, which has been so lackluster, so subpar in the beginning, is now kind of blowing up. Kind of making waves. Does she have a place in the roster right now? I don't see it. But again, they'd be stupid. Not to, anybody would be stupid not to sign her. But does she want to be signed? We just mentioned it. She had a pivotal role in The Mandalorian. My Lord mentioned his friends don't know who Roman Reigns is, but they know who she is. Because of one side piece role on a Disney Plus movie? Don't know how much weight that has. Roman Reigns had a small part on uh, This Is Missy on Netflix. Great movie. Definitely check it out. I went into it with no expectations. It's a David Spade movie. Shitty, stupid, romantic comedy. I wasn't expecting much, and it delivered. It exceeded my expectations. Really enjoyed and it. I was kind of surprised to see Roman Reigns in that role, but he killed it. Check it out. I think it's still Netflix. It should be, still be on Netflix. She definitely found her way in Hollywood. Especially with her connection with her cousin Snoop Dogg. Again, talking about a couple months ago with uh, Johnny Gargano. What's next for him? It all depends on what she wants to do. Good luck to her on her future endeavors. But it's funny how the WWE is not confirming this. They're not releasing anything. They're not watching her well in her future endeavors. But they're not also denying it. Now what happens with Naomi? She walked out with her. I forgot whose contract was ending sooner. Because I think both of them are up. But Naomi got to bring back in the fold. Naomi's a great talent. Married to one of your biggest stars in one of the Usos. So I'm assuming she'll come back at some point. Because again, when we first reported it, many people feel Sasha Banks kind of coerced or pressured into walking out. Maybe she didn't want to. Maybe she felt like uncomfortable doing so. But after hearing Sasha Banks talk to her, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm assuming Naomi would come back. Hopefully soon. But Sasha Banks is gone. Going back to Twitter at Mike MikeDistarbo1 in the span of a month. Roman Wayne's went part-time. Sasha Banks is out. Naomi's gone. Cody's injured for the rest of 2022. Randy Orton is out until 2023. Oh, and Vincent and are being investigated. So who steps up? There are a lot of openings here. It seems Ray Ripley stepping up. Now we got Riddle. Riddle's been killing it. I'm a, I was never a big fan of Riddle. And he's very goofy, the stoner, the pothead, like and he won people over this RKO gimmick, much like many of you thought. I thought this would just flame out. Randy would do what Randy does and turn on him. Did not happen, and Riddle embraced it with this whole Randy thing. And now that Randy's out, he's taking his move set, honoring Randy Orton. Confirmed tonight that Randy's actually going through back surgery, which means he might be out longer than we just regularly thought. So the playing field is wide open. Again, we don't know what's going on with Naomi. Sasha Banks is gone. So this opens the door for my girl Bailey to come back. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But we will see what happens. Speed recovery, Randy Orton. I hope his career's not done. I mean, back surgeries is really rough or tough. Hard to come back from. I know a couple people who have back surgeries and they they feel it. Years after the surgery's done. So speed recovery to the Viper himself. Kind of bite my tongue a couple times here because I want to talk about TV. So let's do it right now. Let's get into some TV takedown it's time for this week's tv takedown all right pretty decent week of tv this week when he first came out i think after wrestlemania i mentioned on the show ezekiel had the potential of being an awesome character and now his feud with kevin owens and how kevin owens is going off the deep end is so enthralling a segment i look forward to week in and week out on raw The previous week, Ezekiel tricked Kevin Owens into giving him this match by telling him he was Elias, but he was lying. So it was Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens on Raw. And that was ready for this feud to end. They have a couple matches by now. We get it. Kevin Owens thinks he's lying. What's the payoff here? They can't keep going with this. There has to be some sort of closure or payoff. We found out Ezekiel announced.
0: Money in the bank. I want in this thing. And I'm so zeked up about it. I'm so zeked up, I actually got some breaking news. I reached out, and I got a hold of my older brother, Elias. And he is so excited about Money in the Bank that he is packing up his guitar and coming to Monday Night Raw next week. What? What? Give will be the proof we need. Now, I got to say, Elias might have a little bit of age to him, but, man, he is looking good. And I can promise you this. He cannot wait to remind the entire world that WWE stands for Walk With,
1: with Elias. Elias. Looking forward to this. I saw a comment on Twitter a while back how Damien Sandow should play now Elias. Damien Sandow is going through the storyline in NWA, how he's retiring. He had his last match, he's done, he's going to retire. A lot of people think that's a work. Maybe it's not a work, maybe that's his out, and now he's going to, quote-unquote, play Elias? Or is Ezekiel going to don a wig and beard and play Elias? I've never been more interested And what's going to happen on Raw in recent memory. There's got to be a payoff here. It's been months now. Are Ezekiel and Elias brothers? If not, what's the next progression of this iteration here? Does Ezekiel and Elias play both characters? Or does he pick one? Oh, man. So interested. So enthralled. What is going to happen Monday night, June 20th, with the return of Elias? Seth Freak and Rollins going against AJ Styles. Probably match of the week. Two of the best wrestlers in WWE. Probably two of the best wrestlers in the the business right now. Very great match. And it wasn't a finisher that won the match. It was just like a a roll-up, I think it was. Interesting, because you can't have Seth Rollins lose here. Because he lost three matches in a row. Seth Rollins probably should win the briefcase, if not anything. But AJ Styles also deserves to be in that match. And this match was just so enjoyable to watch. It reminded me why I was a wrestling fan. Because these two guys put on a clinic on Raw. The third hour of Monday Night Raw. It was just... If you missed it, if you fast-forward it, check out Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. But I'm hoping for, like, like I just mentioned, both guys have been losing. Seth to Cody, AJ to Edge. Both men have lost numerous times repeatedly. And now... AJ's out of money the bank. I'm hoping they pull that like second chance gimmick stuff. All losers of the qualifiers get a chance to requalify and AJ Styles gets his chance to be a part of that match. Because I think both of them deserve it. I think right now we have Seth Freaking Rollins, Ezekiel, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. We have four of the six already announced. My social media is at Matre Party, party with two Ds. I would not mind seeing Ezekiel win this. I believe Seth Rollins deserves it, but I would not mind seeing Ezekiel win, pull the uh, sneaky, crafty victory here, to win money the bank. I think he's done a great job since he come back, since postmania, and I'm down for this. I don't think Seth Rollins needs it. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Let's go to Wednesday with AEW. Christian turned on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Now, I think they, it came out pretty well. I never understood this dynamic with Christian and Jurassic Ex- Express. But Christian has always been a great heel character. He's now free of those guys. I'm sure they get some sort of retribution. But Christian as a heel in AEW, I think that better suits him. Christian has always been a better heel. I love Christian. He's one of my favorites. And I always enjoyed him more as a heel so I'm looking forward to next week's Dynamite to see the fallout of this. Does he get a partner? Will he face Jungle Boy one-on-one? Because he didn't attack Luchasaurus, but he attacked Luchasaurus, his best friend. So does Christian need backup? So many unanswered questions here. We didn't have a show last week. So here we are, the first show since AEW announced the All-Atlantic Championship. There have been many critics of the WWE that they have too many championships. Of course, as you know, they've kind of unified up the the main ones. But now, with AEW absorbing Ring of Honor, and I have read this online somewhere, are there too many titles on AEW? Because now you have the AEW World Championship with Hulk. Now you have the Interim World Championship. You have the TBS Women's Champion, the main Women's title, the TBS Championship, the Tag Team Championship, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, the Ring of Honor, what, TV title? You have, you have so many Ring of Honor championships and AEW championships. Now you go to introduce another one, an All-Atlantic championship? Okay, that to me would be the equivalent of the European championship, but you're saying All-Atlantic. All countries bordering the Atlantic Ocean have a chance for this, but yet on the face of the title is Japan and China. They're not in the Atlantic Ocean. Is it just the... Northern Hemisphere? No, because Brazil's there. So what's the point of this title? Is it, it just seems like it's another meaningless title. You have all the Ring of Honor Championship, unless this is meant to really mean something, and they're going to break away Ring of Honor from AEW. Who the hell knows? But it seems like you're going to introduce another title in AEW. It should have been the Trios Championship. I know a lot of people are clamming for the Trios Championship. Trios Championship, main staple of Lucha Underground, but AEW seems to be setting themselves up for pairs of threes so why not introduce a trios championship but no we get a singles title the all-atlantic championship with countries from the pacific friday night smackdown baron corbin has had a great program with madcap moss the blah of was tonight with the last laugh match whatever it was and we you know our boy pat mcafee's been shitting on baron corbin for months now even when he was the uh bum ass corbin gimmick is this setting some sort of beef between Corbin and McAfee? I don't mind seeing McAfee back in the ring. He, he had an impressive showing against Austin Theory. And then he did what he had to do against man But let's not forget his job in NXT. He went one-on-one against Adam Cole, baby. Took part in war games. Killed it. Impressed so many people. And then going to his WrestleMania performance. I wasn't expecting him to be back in the ring so soon but him against Baron Corbin makes sense the way been, the way that they've been slowing building it there's a couple weeks is it money in the bank or do they keep pushing it to SummerSlam I would not mind pushing it to SummerSlam this should be a marquee match but how can they stretch it out for six more weeks and here I am ready to wrap things up I have everything I want to talk about TV watching Smackdown tonight we had a riddle going against Roman Reigns thank you Roman Reigns for showing up appreciate you doing your job for the first time since WrestleMania. And of course he beat Riddle. Riddle wasn't going to win, especially when they added that stipulation on Raw. And then Roman cut a promo at the end of SmackDown, saying that he beat everybody. And then if you think about it, yeah, who's next? Well, we got that answer right away.
0: There's no one left. Wise man. There is no one left. I told them over two years ago that I'm here to wreck everyone and then I'm leaving and that's exactly what we did tonight we wrecked Riddle
2: and now we're leaving (laughs) but before we go wise man there's one thing left to do
0: Minneapolis acknowledge me Ronald ones to the sky here in Minnesota say what you want about Roman Reigns how he uh, goes about his business there is no doubt he is one of the great champions in the history could it be it is yes 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 it is Roman Reigns has seen a ghost the beast Brock Lesnar is back
1: then right after Smackdown went off the air they confirmed Brock Lesnar will go against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam now apparently this was in the works for weeks So this had nothing to do with the uh, investigation with Vince McMahon. Nothing to do with the injury to Cody Rhodes. Nothing to do with the Randy Orton injury. Now we're getting another Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match. Okay. Wasn't WrestleMania the last one? Weren't they building up that this might be the last time we see these guys again for a while? But guess not. Here we are, SummerSlam. Two biggest names in the industry who are healthy. I'm not opposed to this, but I'm not also eager to watch this. But I'm curious how they're going to build up to this from here on out. But on the other side, like who else? Who else do you put against Roman Reigns, at the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, if not Brock Lesnar? It's not going to be John Cena because he did that last year. And who's left but Brock Lesnar? So it makes sense. I get it. And now I'm in the weird position because... It was announced a week or two ago where Roman Reigns is going to take a reduced schedule here, which is fine. He deserves it. He's the biggest thing going on anywhere in sports entertainment, professional wrestling. He wants to take some time off. Good for him. He deserves it. But then why put the titles on him? I just don't get it. I had a problem with Brock Lesnar being champion. And then we seeing him once or twice every couple of months. And now it seems we're going down that road with Roman Reigns. So does he win here? Does he retain here? I also don't see Brock Lesnar winning and then coming week in and week out on TV. I want a champion on my TV. I want a champion for Raw. I want a champion for SmackDown. I mean, this is also the time, like I mentioned numerous times in the past, this is the time to make the Intercontinental Championship your main focus, the United States Championship your main focus, but they're not doing it. They're trying to on Raw with Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. They main evented with this pose down, so I think they're trying on Raw with the U.S. title, but they've mentioned it numerous times tonight. This is the first time Roman Reigns has been defending the title since WrestleMania. That was fucking two months ago. I don't want a champion who doesn't defend his title or is barely on TV. If Roman Reigns wants to be a part-timer, he deserves it. Let him be it, but don't let him be champion. I want to see Roman Reigns week in and week out on my TV defending those titles. If not, there are many people who could use the rubber of being champion. Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Edge, Drew McIntyre, The Miz, but enough of me rambling on. Let's wrap things up. Let's get in some go-home thoughts. Uh, overall, I don't know how you felt as a listener, but as a host, I felt we did a good job. Flowed nicely. Frequent flowed nicely. We had a great conversation. If you want to comment on anything I said, make sure you hit us up on our social medias. Shot of Wrestling on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Comment to reply or anything I said. Or comment anything you want us to say next week. I will have a guest host next week. I don't know who, but you won't have to bear with me one-on-one again. Anthony Gangone mentioned it during his interview. I can't believe we're on the road to BCW's fifth anniversary. Taking place July 30th in the afternoon. So you want in a pregame before the biggest party of the year, SummerSlam. We got a spot for you. BCW's fifth anniversary already announced. You got Ruthless Lala. Defending the BCW Women's Championship against Riley Shepard. We saw what Lala did last time against Vanity. Can't wait for this match. Also announced this past week, the Rev Ron Hunt going against the All-Father. Former BCW champion, the longest reigning BCW champion, Darius Carter. And announced mere hours ago, Blonde Force Trauma will defend their BCW Tag Team Championship again. Not the women's tag team championship. It's, it's the BCW championship against the Hex, Sienna, and one of my personal favorites. Marty Bell, Marty Bell appeared on BCW show a couple of years ago. We locked eyes. There was a connection there. I don't go too much into it, but it might be hard not for me not to root for her. Her and Sienna have been killing it, tearing up, especially in the NWA. Looking forward to see how Blonde Force Trauma does in their first title defense against. The Hex. Let's wrap things up. If you're a new listener, thank you for finding us. If you are a loyal listener, thank you for your loyalty. We've been saying this for six years. since episode one. The show is from the fans to the fans, and it would not be here without you. So get involved in the conversation. Inbox at com With any questions, comments, anything i said, anybody you want us to interview, or hit us up on our social medias. Get involved in the conversation. Your comments, your questions can be read in a future episode. My former co-host is listening. So, brother, please enjoy your first Father's Day. My other former co-host is listening. Enjoy your Father's Day. Anybody out there who still has a father or is a father, enjoy your Father's Day. And until next week, thank you to my former co-host. Thank you to the one, the only, Anthony Gangone. I've been your host at MugJPony. Until next week party out hey baby i hear the bell ring hip tosses and body slams oh my and maybe you seem a bit confused yeah baby but i got you pinned <laughs> but i don't know what to do when i see them with that golden case they're cashing it in authority all in my face what is a man to do good night everybody